Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings, Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the January 18th edition of the sunny side of sports. On Thursday's show, we'll continue our special coverage of the 34th Africa Cup of Nations football tournament, or AFCON, in Ivory Coast. It's the sixth day of competition at African football's premier event. In AFCON results Wednesday, Morocco beat Tanzania 3-0, and Zambia and the Democratic Republic of Congo drew one all. Both matches were played in the southwestern port city of San Pedro, Ivory Coast. Pre-tournament favorites Morocco got their first goal from Saïs 30 minutes into the match. Now their next two goals came after the Zambian Moroshi was sent off in the 70th minute after picking up two yellow cards. The second caution came from a sliding challenge on the Moroccan Wanahi, who got on the score sheet with a controlled finish in the 77th minute. And Morocco's third goal came from Enesri three minutes later. The Moroccans will next play the DR Congo on Sunday in San Pedro. And that same day, Zambia will take on Tanzania. In Tuesday, excuse me, Wednesday, Zambia DRC draw. Both goals came in the first half. Kangwa put the Chipolopolo of Zambia ahead in the 23rd minute. And four minutes later, Wisa equalized for the DRC from close range. The DRC was awarded a second half penalty for a handball, but the decision was overturned after a video review. Once again, Wednesday's AFCON results from San Pedro, Morocco 3, Tanzania 0, and Zambia and the DRC drew one all. The Zambian team won its only Nations Cup trophy in 2012, and the Chipolopolo is getting plenty of support back home. As we hear now from Moka Sabuku in Lusaka. The Chipolopolo, Zambia's national soccer team with its 30-man squad, under the watchful eye of coach Avram Grant, has been in training, gearing up for the Africa Cup of Nations. While back home, spirits are high as fans prepare to cheer on their team. We are so confident as a fan that this trophy is definitely coming home. Zambia is back at the Africa Cup of Nations. Africa, watch out. We are expecting the best from them. Some fans say the use of different platforms during the tournament to root for the Chipolopolo will help boost the team's morale. Let's make it memorable. Let's utilize social media to encourage the boys. And let's utilize whatever challenge we have to, to, uh, whatever challenge we have to get to. Uh, to reach them and encourage them. The Zambian national team has faced numerous challenges over the years. The most significant loss was in 1993, when the then team members perished in a plane crash off the coast of Gabon after a refueling stop. 30 people on board a chartered Zambian Air Force flight, including 18 players of the national team, were killed. Today, Zambia soccer team members see the tournament as an opportunity to reclaim their spot at the top.
Ruben Kamanga, the General Secretary of the Football Association of Zambia, says although the Zambian team missed out on winning in the past, they now look ready for the challenge. Well, I think that uh, for us it's um, exciting times uh, because after missing out on uh, the last uh, few editions, Zambia is back and uh, it's back, I believe, with a bang. And in this particular appearance, I think the guys look very, very strong. That gives you the confidence that uh, they are not intimidated. And soccer analyst Eric Kasomo says he is hopeful the team will bring pride to the nation. Uh, if you ask me how ready they are, they look buoyant, they look, uh, they look good uh, in, in the pictures and the videos that we are receiving uh, from their training base. They look like uh, they are ready for the, uh, for the short pieces. So probably uh, the Copper Bullets, Polo Polo Boys as you call them, they will be in the tournament with their most favoured formation of a 4-3-3 formation and uh, I would uh, rate their preparedness as uh, above average. <laughs> The Zambia team was drawn at the preliminary group stage, which will see it face other groups from the Democratic Republic of Congo, Morocco and Tanzania. The Chipolo Polo team will be among 24 participants joining the 2024 Africa Cup of Nations, or AFCON, which began on the 13th of January and will continue until the 11th of February in Ivory Coast. Mokasibuku, Lusaka, Zambia. Thanks, Mocha. I was delighted to participate in episode one of Kick It AFCON, a special Africa Cup of Nations podcast brought to you by VOA Africa. And that reminds me, check out voaafrica.com for lots of Nations Cup stories from Ivory Coast. During episode one of Kick It AFCON, I was joined by VOA colleagues Mike Hove, Kali Abdu, and Mukbil Yabaro. And let's give a sunny side of sports salute to VOA's George Leonard Sanyo, who produced the program. Let's give it a listen. Sporty AFCON greetings. I'm VOA Sonny Young. Welcome to episode one of Kick It AFCON, a special Africa Cup of Nations podcast brought to you by VOA Africa. I'm joined here in sparkling studio two by my VOA colleagues, Mike Hove and Kali Abdu. Sporty, sporty AFCON greetings. greetings. Sporty sporty greetings. greetings. What's good? What's good? What's good? Mike, so many uh, surprises in these opening days of the uh, AFCON. What, what's, what's been your reaction? Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. This has definitely been an AFCON to remember. You know, Sonny, throughout my, since I've been a toddler, I've paid attention to AFCON. And this is definitely one historic one that I will never forget. We've seen a lot of absence. We've seen a lot of disappointments i said today i came wearing black because the grim reaper's alive sonny we've seen a lot of small teams changing up today and man oh man oh man i'm excited to delve deeper Kali, I gotta give it up for the brave warriors of Namibia. I, I think they've they've pulled off the biggest upset so yeah, far. Absolutely, we we never saw it coming. I mean, when we were analyzing before, we were saying, you know, Tunisia. We were saying Algeria, Morocco. You know, all the big teams. And as you're seeing, it's a, it's going to be a very uh, surprising tournament. And and Namibia did the business. And hey, all the kudos to them. 
Mike, what do you think has been the uh, second biggest upset at this AFCON so far? It, it would have to be Ghana Cape Verde, Sonny. Um, that one, nobody saw it coming. Mm. In fact, the, the Black Stars were trailing pretty much the whole game. Mm. Cape Verde was able to upset them. And this was definitely a disappointing moment for Ghana. I mean, uh, you know, Ghana are seen as a, a big giant on the African soil. Mm. And so, to see a Cape Verde turn it around, shout out to Cape Verde for that. Um, but Ghana definitely was shocking. I mean, Cape Verde, with a with a with a player from the MLS, mm-hmm. wow, scoring, that's you know? another wow. topic yeah, thing. So, that's so another that's, topic <laughs> thing. That's a big. But it uh, goes back highlight. to what we've been talking about, son. You remember what I kept saying to you: all this money in these leagues and all these relationships are leading to this moment. Um, early on, I was having a conversation with Kali about this, and one thing we did highlight is gone are the days where these giants were giants, yep. right? Now, even yep. the small teams have one or two players that are playing in these big leagues, and the, these are the differentiating moments. Mm. All this money that we keep seeing, having a Patrice Montsepe, all of that is paying off what about the host team ivory coast how do you how do you like their chances at this i point? mean they came out looking good uh they came out flying uh i i definitely applaud their opening performance and i think they made a loud statement there's nothing else yeah it, it was definitely helpful you know to have the 12th man you know it's mm-hmm. a full stadium uh nigeria's game wasn't nearly as full it was basically empty oh. you know compared to their mm. game so i think it does help having a full stadium fans cheering you on uh, i think i think it, it definitely helped them i mean that nigeria situation was definitely a sad 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 case um the super eagles definitely were shut down there yeah. um they should have played a lot more better uh, I, i'm looking to delve deeper into that and and i'm really curious to unpack the amount of pressure that is on for example of victor awesome because yeah. he seems to be the attention on yeah. everything they definitely expect him to be the, the, yeah. the town around for everything and mm-hmm. it's just more difficult as a player man and, and i'm really curious to see if he can pull it off mike uh the man who captained nigeria to its first uh, nation's cup trophy Way back in 1980, Christian Chukwu, Mm -hmm. critical of the Super Eagles. He said, you know, they're a team of stars, but they don't play as a team. Individual stars. That's what I've been highlighting throughout the whole time is that we have the Super Eagles have a lot of star star power. That's that goes without a doubt. Uh, However, a you've got the situation where they're incapable of building from the back. Because mm. they don't have a lot of uh, their backline is not as solid in comparison to other players. Uh, B, you have a lot of players that are out already. You've got Wolf and Didi's out, Barney Face is out. So, so the Super Eagles are just not the Super Eagles that like we expect them to be. But also leading into Afcon, they have not been putting up a good performance. Um, they it, it's just really tricky for for them right now. The star power is just not translating to the superstardom. I, I would say in their defense, um, they did start similarly in the last Afcon that they won. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of drew the first game, and then you know Nigerians are talking about permutations. It's it, it's like we have to figure out all these mathematical equations to mm-hmm. see if we qualify. They started that way and they grew into the tournament so you never know right now they have a very tough game against uh ivory coast mm-hmm. and they must win so you don't want to go into the tournament you know looking with, for a must, win. You, a must win against the host so it's it's very uh it's very tough well Kali, based on your apparel in yeah. the studio you, you certainly <laughs> still have faith in the super no, i mean this this is a classic you know uh uh you know from from 98 and mm-hmm. so 
uh, when 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 you know the super eagles were the super eagles exactly. <laughs> so I'm hoping that uh, we can see some of the form that the super eagles when they wore this in '96 mm-hmm. and won the okay. uh, the Olympics in Atlanta. I'm hoping that they can show that same sort of form. That's why I'm wearing it. Well, Mike, I understand we have a special guest on the line from Abidjan. We so are that's... joined live <laughs> via Skype from Abidjan by Mukbil Yabero, our correspondent who's out there in Abidjan. Let's hear what he's got to say. Swiss, what's good, brother? I'm good, man. I mean, Abidjan, I'm, I'm having a great time, man. The AFCON tournament has been a pleasure, to say the least. Uh, so let's get into it, gentlemen. Did you see how clear his skin <laughs> he, he, looks, gentlemen? I was about to say, you the look African like having a good time. It must be the glow. It must be the glow. <laughs> now, let's delve into it, Swiss. I, I want to start off with the Ivory Coast, the hosts themselves, man. What's it looking like out there with the 12th man? How are they looking, man? I will say that Ivory Coast has fans all across the country, even individuals that don't even support the game are still out supporting their country. So they have that going for them. Now, whether it's inside the stadiums, outside the stadiums, um, in fan zones alike, the entire city of Abidjan is out and about for the Ivorians. Uh, so they, they have no issue at all with not only a 12th man, a 13th and a 14th. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're everywhere. They're out and about. Uh, and they're very excited, especially after coming off of an amazing and very impressive win to start off the tournament. As you guys uh, were just mentioning uh, before I came on, yeah, Nigeria Ivory Coast is going to be a very, very big matchup for both teams. Muckbill, I remember uh, when you first arrived in Abidjan, you said you saw a lot of posters of mm-hmm. Sebastian Holler. Uh What's his current status uh, in terms of his fitness? Very, very questionable. Um, I don't know what it is that seems to be his issue per se, and I think they're kind of keeping it hush-hush. But it would be very helpful if Sebastian was in form and able to play against this Nigerian team. Uh, But we will have to see. It's kind of like a game-time decision. I'm not too sure if you guys have heard any different. Now, moving past uh, Ivory Coast, I want to touch on Cape Verde. I know you are actually one of the folks that were at the training session. And we had this conversation before. Uh, Cape Verde came out, shocked everybody, uh, managed to pull off the, uh, three points uh, in the opening game. Uh, talk to me about what it looked like for their training, man, because that upset is one that a lot of Ghanaians will not be forgetting anytime soon. Yeah, um, to be honest with you, Mike, I went to the uh, to the training facility with our uh, Portuguese colleague, uh, Alvaro Andrade. And, um, you know, he, he has he knows some people in, in the camp and we went out there. And to be honest with you, you could really sense the energy of this team. It's a relatively younger team, but they have no like care in the world in terms of like them feeling like they're underdogs. They were practicing hard. Uh, really giving it their all. You know, sometimes they say when you practice like a game pace, mm-hmm. it, it really translates into it. Sometimes you have teams or players, individual players that are just too cool to practice, too cool to to train. They just really just showing about and kind of just doing the motions. But these guys really were looking like the goalies were in a separate section uh, with, with the goalie setup. They had the goalie coaches, strikers over here, midfield. Like it was like super spread out. Everyone was utilizing um, their respective spaces in the training facility. They had music blaring. I don't know if it was, I believe it was Creole. Uh, mm. They were listening to it. It was, they were jamming, man. And I, I really wasn't that shocked that they came out with that intensity because I saw what they did in their training camp. 
Man, oh man, oh man. But uh, let me hold you there, Makbul. Let's hear what some of the players from Cape Verde had to say, man. Uh, we've got a clip from Jamiro Monteiro. He's one of the Cape Verdean players. I want to hear what he has to say, and then we're going to come back and do a little more analysis. Amazing feeling. Everybody's so proud. Like We play against uh, a big country with amazing players, and uh, to get a good result is, is an amazing feeling. So uh, we are very happy. So uh, I hope we continue like this. I think uh, we, we just need to focus on the game and uh, we are going for every game to win so uh, just focus uh, focus on ourselves and uh, give all what we have and uh, believe I think belief is the most important thing and uh, I think the whole group believe so uh, like Friday is, uh, is the next game and uh, we, uh, we believe that we're gonna win that game too. Hunger there, hunger there for success. Kali, uh, you hear the, the young teams there, they're yeah. all coming out roaring. There's yeah. no underdog at this tournament. What's yeah. your thoughts? Yeah, it reminds me of uh, the, the junior teams, mm -hmm. you know, from Africa. Whenever they go out to these international mm -hmm. tournaments, they spark like that because mm -hmm. there's a lot right. of hunger, there's enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. When I compare that to some of the big teams, they almost expect to win, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're kind of jogging around and you're facing a, a hungry team like a Cape Verde when you're Ghana and you just never expect that they will have that energy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have, I was mentioning that there's a player from the MLS, you know, Jamiro Montero. That's what uh, speaking. I mean, there's, this, there's a, a, a player from the Turkish League, you know. Mm -hmm. These aren't players that you expect to come in here and, and score the goals, but that's exactly what they're doing. As Mugville said, they, they're training very hard and, Obviously, it's translating on the... Uh, the yeah, I, Montero said it was an amazing result, but mm -hmm. then he quickly said, our focus is on our next, next opponent. Game. And... It, you know, that it, that can only build their confidence. I mean, like Mokbo said, um, you, when you attend such training sessions and you hear the, the, the focus and the music is all flaring, it's almost like the music gods <laughs> and the football <laughs> gods are singing for you. And it, and it really materialized. I'm really curious to see what it looks like for Ghana moving forward. Uh, Kali, I, I want your thoughts on that one. Ghana, like we highlighted, football, chat, these are giants on yeah. the, the continent. Uh, what exactly could have happened there, man? You still have superstars like yeah. Inaki Williams in yeah. the starting lineup. And How to be fair, Ghana played well. Mm -hmm. They they were energetic as well. It's just that it it didn't land for them when it should have. I, you know, um, I think their their only goal, uh, Majid Ashimero, who mm -hmm. plays in Belgium, was mm -hmm. a screamer. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, it's one of those where. If he plays that three times, he may miss the other two. Mm -hmm. So that that was fortunate for them. But, you know, you can't take away uh, from Cape Verde's tactics, their mm -hmm. game plan with the energy. Unfortunately for Ghana, their next game is against Egypt, which, That's... you know. I mean, it's uh, both teams, you know, did not get off to good starts. So yeah. that's going to be a crucial match for yeah. both teams. So that's a final. Right. So speaking of Ghana, let's hear what the coach had to say. Chris Uton, uh Ghana's uh, coach, uh, he speaks more on their loss and he talks on their prospects for the next game. Nobody should underestimate um, any opponents here because um, there are no um, what, what we regard as weak teams in this tournament. Um, so certainly I wouldn't be uh, uh, disrespectful to any opponent, any opponent that we play today or play at any other stage. Um, it's up to us now to um, have to uh, recover tomorrow and we know now that um, going into the Egypt game it's a, 
it's a game that, uh, that we have to get a good result from. And I think that has to be the mentality. The players have to be aware of what this means and uh, how disappointed uh, everybody associated with the country and with the team are. Um, and we have no choice. We have no choice but to make sure that it's a, it's a favourable result in our next game against Egypt. Now, one thing I took away there from what Chris Uton said is there are no small teams in yeah, this Yeah, I heard that. Absolutely. That was the loudest statement. Yeah. Uh, Mokbil, let's bring you back here. Um, I'm really curious, uh, and I really, really want to focus on these small teams because this has been like a, a string of upsets uh, when we're talking about AFCON history. Typically, it's one team there, one team there. But here, I remember Sunny was talking about Sadio Mane, uh, what he, his comments where he was saying 12 teams could take this. Yeah, I, when he first said that, I thought 12 teams. What? Can yeah. there really now, be 12? It's, it's materializing yeah. where even the small teams are turning out to be giants. Uh, what exactly are you seeing on the ground there when we're talking about these small teams getting ready for their second games? Yeah, Mike, uh, right before I get into that, I just wanted to kind of just uh, jump on that Ghana um, situation. Ghana versus Egypt is going to be very interesting because, as you guys mentioned, both teams are coming off of um, draws, right? Mm-hmm. Now, we're kind of harping on Ghana. I'm saying Ghana lost, actually, but Egypt got a loss and got a draw. But realistically speaking, they got a very, very lucky, uh, super late penalty. Mm -hmm. And and Mozambique really played a better game than Egypt. Mm -hmm, So all in all, like my takeaway from that game was that Mozambique showed that Egypt is not as strong as people may have thought in this tournament. Mm -hmm. So what that does is it gives a little bit of hope to Ghana to say, look, we can come in there and we can get a decisive result. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Mohamed Kudus is also going to be available to play uh, in that game. Uh, he's coming off of this uh, hamstring injury, this lingering injury for him. Um, and usually, even if he d- isn't playing up to the quality that we know he can play, he's just going to be a decoy because yeah. he, a, 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 mm. as an Egyptian, as an Egyptian, you're going to be thinking to yourself, this kid can create no matter where he's at. So even if you're able to just put him in the wing, on a corner or something on an island and defenders are looking at him and just constantly not knowing whether or not he's going to really be getting involved. I think that in and of itself will be, you know, just enough to be able to get Ghana some openings and uh, we'll see what happens in that, in that game. But as you mentioned, Mike, uh, on that question about the smaller teams, I think realistically speaking, what I've seen is that every single game for the most part, maybe outside of the Senegal game and the, Mm -hmm. uh, I would say Senegal and Ivory Coast game. Mm-hmm. Outside of those two games, every other game has been relatively competitive, right? Mm-hmm. So with that being said, we're seeing that these smaller teams no longer are looking at themselves as smaller teams. Mm-hmm. Equatorial Guinea played a really good game against mm-hmm. Nigeria. You know what I mean? Nigeria just happens to have the greatest striker in mm-hmm. at the moment uh, in Africa, you know, in Victor Osimhen. Sporty Grissin, this is Victor Sime, Super Eagles of Nigeria and Napoli FC forward. You're listening to the sunny side of thoughts on the voice of America. Because sometimes there were moments where Equatorial Guinea was playing a little better than or getting a little bit more opportunities than Nigeria was. But Vic just kind of nailed it in. He had a second opportunity one-on-one against the goalie and the goalie made it very difficult. You know, nine times out of ten, Vic knocks that to the back mm-hmm. of the net. So this is just showing that this has become a tournament where, you know, you, you play as big as you feel. And to me, the smaller teams are feeling as big as ever. Uh, so we'll see how they, you know, play in the next coming games. That's VOA Nations Cup reporter Mukbil Yambaro speaking from Abidjan, 
on our Kick It AFCON podcast. Thanks to Muckbill, and more thanks to VOA colleagues Mike Hove, Kali Abdu, and producer George Leonard Sanyo for their participation. Turning to tennis, Craig Gabriel joins us with an update on the Day 5 action at the Australian Open. There were three interruptions for rain at the Australian Open and the schedule was in catch-up mode a few times. So on a day when organizers would have appreciated quick matches, everything went on and on and on. But those matches were priceless and gripping and the standout was very late at night between last year's finalist and the third seed Elena Rabakina and Russian Anna Blinkova. It was the match of the tournament and anything to come will have to be very special to beat it. Match points crossed the net. The hitting from both women was tops and the scrambling for returns was thrilling. They went to a final set tiebreak and the points kept ticking away. 15 all, 18 all, 20 all. And then after 42 points, Blinkova claimed victory 22-20. It was the longest tiebreak played at one of the four majors. Blinkova said courage got her the upset. To be honest, my... One of my, I, I, have, I had a lot of motivation, obviously, to win this match, but one of my motivations was to stay here. And before going to court, I was telling myself, I will fight to stay here longer at the Australian Open in the best atmosphere in the world. Kasper Rudd went to a fifth set tiebreak with Aussie Max Purcell. That ended 10-7. Alexander Zverev was taken the distance by qualifier Lucas Klein. And again, it was decided by a breaker 10-7. Cam Norrie came back from two sets to love down to beat Giulio Zeppieri 6-4 in the final set. Igor Swiatek was in all sorts of trouble by Danielle Collins, the 2022 finalist. The American was up 4-1 in the final set, a double break, and Swiatek charged back with five consecutive games to win 6-4, 3-6, 6-4. was asked what music she listens to for motivation. Listening to the Rolling Stones, and um, I feel like when I'm really well focused, I'm kind of repeating the same song throughout the whole match, and um, I'm yeah. I mean, it gives me energy and I can kind of narrow my focus just to that song that I keep hearing and the technical stuff that I want to think about. So, yeah, I don't like when my brain is kind of picking up the songs from the changeovers because every time it's a different one. So I want to keep yeah, hearing here of the Rolling Stones. Elena Svitolina and Sloane Stevens won, as did Carlos Alcaraz, but the second seed played four tight sets against Lorenzo Sonigo. Fifth seed Jessica Pagula was upset by French player Clara Burel, and French wildcard Arthur Cazot upset the eighth seed Holger Rune in four sets. Day six will see action for Novak Djokovic, Irina Sabalenka, Andrei Rublev, who plays Sebi Korda, Coco Goff, and Yannick Sinner. Craig Gabriel, VOA Sports, Melbourne. Thanks, Craig. Pro basketball. The Toronto Raptors have traded Cameroonian star Pascal Siakam to the Indiana Pacers as the NBA mourns the death of an assistant coach for the Golden State Warriors. The AP's Gethin Coolbaugh reports. Pascal Siakam is being traded from the Toronto Raptors to the Indiana Pacers, according to a person with knowledge of the agreement. The trade and Siakam's nearly eight-year run with the Raptors, during which time he was a two-time All-NBA selection, two-time All-Star, and part of the team that won the 2019 NBA title. Siakam is going to Indiana in exchange for three future first-round draft picks and a pair of players with NBA championship rings, guard Bruce Bowen and forward Jordan Nwora. Golden State Warriors 
Warriors assistant coach Dion Milojevic has died in Salt Lake City after suffering a heart attack. The 46-year-old was part of the staff that helped the Warriors win the 2022 NBA championship. He also mentored two-time NBA MVP Nikola Jokic and was a former star player in his native Serbia. Milojevic was in his third season with the Warriors. He suffered the medical emergency during a private team dinner on Tuesday night. The NBA postponed Wednesday night's game between the Warriors and the Utah Jazz. The league did not immediately announce a rescheduled date. I'm Geffen Kuhlbaum. More pro basketball news. The NBA leading Boston Celtics remain unbeaten at home this season as we hear now from the AP's Dave Ferry. The Celtics are 20-0 at home and owners of a three-game winning streak overall after thumping the Spurs 117-98. Jason Tatum dropped in 24 points and Jalen Brown returned from a one-game absence to score 21. Drew Holiday was 6 of 7 from three-point range and scoring 22 points. I've been getting a lot of open shots um, being in the place that I'm supposed to be in so and I've been knocking down the shots um, playing with confidence and I feel like my coaches and my teammates give me that so uh, any t- chance I try to go out there and and I can be aggressive offensively, I do that. He was one of four Celtics with at least three three-pointers as Boston went 18 of 38 from downtown. I'm Dave Ferry. Thanks, Dave. The other winners on Wednesday night in the NBA were Minnesota, Toronto, New York, Cleveland, Atlanta, New Orleans, Portland, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Finally, another AFCON result from Ivory Coast. Equatorial Guinea beat Guinea-Bissau Thursday 4-2 in Abidjan. Emilio Ensue with a hat trick for Equatorial Guinea. Equatorial Guinea now moves to the top of Group A with four points from two matches. Host Ivory Coast is playing Nigeria in the group's other match on Thursday. The Ivorians got off to a good start, beating Guinea-Bissau 2-0 in their opening match. Nigeria, meanwhile, drew one all with Equatorial Guinea. So we'll see who's at the top of Group A after the end of Thursday's matches. And that wraps up the January 18th edition of the show. Thanks to producer David Vandy. And happy birthday to engineer Saida Hamdoun. And thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports.